Hey, this is Brad Biley, and you just found Insights, the most listened to podcast by recruiters and staffing owners who want to learn what's working in recruitment and digital marketing. If you're new to the show, here's what you can expect to hear. Every other week, Matt Lozar, Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing, and I, our Director of Digital Marketing, break down what's working for staffing and recruiting firms across North America. But Insights is not a marketing show. It's a show built to help you get more job orders and more applications. And whether you stumbled upon the show or you're here on purpose, we're glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up? This is Brad Biley, and welcome back to another episode of Insights, the podcast built to help you with your recruitment and digital marketing. As always, I'm joined by Haley Marketing's Director of Recruitment Marketing. He's Matt Lozar. Matt, how are we feeling this week, buddy? We're doing well. How are you? I'm good. Matt, you, actually... I am good, but man, I got a, I got something to say. Please, I am over. I'm over being cold, um, and I, I don't mm-hmm. want to get into a weather talk because I feel like that's a lot of our show. Like the intro to our show happens to be about weather quite a bit, dude. I went to the gym this morning. I had on a, my normal shirt. I had a long sleeve, a hoodie, and my jacket, and it still hurt. I'm over it. It's almost April. It, just give me some sort of mat forecast. Are we getting any closer? Uh, I mean, spring started. Spring starts on March 21st, so we're past that here when this episode drops. Um, we have to be getting closer just by um, how it goes. Right. Day starts, day ends, you get closer to golf season. But holy smokes, man. I just I walked outside, and I didn't look at the Sysmexa on my counter to see what the temperature was outside, so I just went for it. I was like, why does it hurt? Like, I'm I'm just sick of message. It's just not fun. Message to the weather gods. Brad doesn't need fake spring. Brad needs real spring. I know. He needs real spring. If you talk about a segment that we have to have four years of now or five years of, it's the mm. fake spring debacle where I just get so invested so early. I put away my sweaters a little too early. The golf shirts come out. And the next thing you know, it's six degrees and I don't know what to do with myself. But Matt, I'm, that so, so you asked me how I'm doing. That's what's on my mind all day is I'm just, I'm cold. And the the heat's on. We're trying. We're doing everything we can. But I'm just so tired of being cold. Good news, though, Matt. Just booked a flight to CSP's annual conference in May. So we're going to go out to San Diego. Will not be cold there. Will not be cold there. Will not be no. cold there. No. So, hey, what do you say, bud? Let's get to the show. Let's go. What can the staffing industry learn from TikTok and country music? Matt, we haven't really talked about TikTok too much on the show, and I think it's because we've been waiting just for the right segment and the right way to bring it to the show. I didn't just want to talk about TikTok just for the sake of doing it. I didn't want to just have a throwaway segment, but Matt, I am fascinated by what's going on on TikTok and as it relates to country music. So so to the listeners, let me kind of paint you a picture here. So Warren Ziders, uh, a newer country guy, but newer and up and coming, we'll call him, right? So he's on the rise. He's got a couple great songs out. I found him because of TikTok. And Matt, I dropped you the data. I dropped you the stats because what I saw happening from a result of TikTok was pretty astonishing. So Warren Ziders, he drops basically a, a sound check video of a song that he has out now called Pretty Little Poison. Okay, so the video on TikTok is from Soundcheck live. Pretty cool. Looked good. That got just under a million views. But then what happened, Matt, as I started to follow him and I started to follow his TikTok and I saw what was going on, he then put out 15 more videos using the same audio, so the same sound as they call it on TikTok, but different video on top of it, 
to basically gain more momentum for this song before he dropped it and released it. So all in all, and I went back through and I looked at the the data on March 20th ahead of the, the show here, 15 videos were published from his account, all using the same sound. So all using basically, we'll call it 20 seconds of the chorus. 10.3 million views on those videos alone. 6,300 videos, though, were also made using that sound. So basically, people are creating their own video using that sound in the background. So that we can't see the data on. I can't tell you if, you know, one person watched uh, each of those videos or a thousand. I can't tell you that. But let's assume at least 100 people saw each video. So again, more momentum for this track. That leads to a drop of a song. So the song comes out March 17th. 115,000 views on YouTube, and what I saw was about 380,000 plays on Spotify. Absolute textbook way to build momentum for a song before you drop it. You're a new guy, don't have a ton of followers, a ton of momentum yet. TikTok was that catalyst, that gasoline on the fire. Matt, I'm fixated by it. I'm fixated by the thought of creating a clip and just repurposing it 15 different ways and getting a ton of exposure And Matt, that I think is what we talk about on this show. It sounds like pillar content. It does, right? So you have one great piece of content that spirals out to other forms of that content and you sort of, you give it more momentum because of that, right? It feels like good content marketing just from the sense of my podcast partner saying this years ago that everybody consumes evening news in a different format. So we're going to have some people on TikTok. TikTok, I am not on TikTok. That's shocking to me. But I go to Spotify. Yeah. I've, you know, all the things in government right now, always whatever. Anyway, conspiracy, Matt, different show, different take Spotify. Yeah. YouTube. I'll see it on there. I could come across it on there. So that's just your, and then you're leveraging people spend time on different platforms, popular platforms. You're using the different techniques on those platforms. Cause I know TikTok videos, just seeing them different than Instagram, different than YouTube, different than all those different pl- platforms. So you're creating awareness. And then when the, the song drops, right? oh, the TikTok song, or that's wherever it came from. It's the TikTok song is an incredible phrase, right? Like just, just that whole mentality of, oh, mm-hmm. I heard it on TikTok, or I saw it on TikTok, or I got it from TikTok. That's That was one of their commercials, wasn't it? There's literally a channel, no free plugs, so they want to pay for this. On Sirius XM, I believe that's TikTok channel. That makes sense, right? Because yeah. you're getting it from there first, and then it's transferring over. Matt, I'm just, I'm fixated on the fact of, okay, we have this, this great, clip, right? And it did really, really well. That first video I said had just under a million views. So him and his team realized, shoot, we got something here, right? So he's a newer guy, but all of a sudden the numbers and the shares and everything start to trend up. We got something here. So let's make more videos using this. Let's create more momentum for it. The the, the point that I think matters for staffing and recruiting firms is we often see publish as the end result of creating content. We create a blog, we create a video, we create a podcast. There's this whole buildup, Matt. I mean, I we I show prepped for this episode for a couple hours, just looking at the data, looking at research, coming up with the topics. The the culmination of that effort is clicking publish and seeing this on Apple Podcasts or you know Spotify, whatever it might be. But the lesson here that I'm learning and that I'm seeing and that that we've known as true is that the, clicking publish isn't the end, it's really just the beginning, right? And, and Matt, we see this quite a bit, right? We know what shows do well, so we go back, we share those more. We create more content off of segments that people liked. 
right now, one of our best episodes is talking about reputation management and building online reviews. So that's why Matt and I continue to talk about that because you, the listeners, are showing us you want to learn more about that. But Matt, great content can't just be released once and forgotten about. We need to reuse it. We need to repurpose it. We need to redistribute it. We need to get it in front of more people because it's great content. It deserves it. It's working. So you want to keep reframing it. But also, you'll see this if you follow someone, a marketer, a speaker, you'll see their opinions, their content across different platforms for a period, maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months, they'll recycle it. You'll see that. And then they'll move on to the next thing. Like we're doing here, segment three today is about a case study that I did that I wrote about on our website that I talked about on a LinkedIn Live. You're repurposing it because it's it's good content. And where Brad's going with it even further is if you create 50 pieces of content in a year or whatever your number is, a couple of them hopefully will stand out at worst. And you just you keep it doesn't need to be complicated. You know the formula. Something's doing well. Okay. Know how to know how to understand if something's doing well is one. And then two, know where your audience is to take it to more places. And then I guess three, understand the techniques that work well on each platform. Kind of like I talked about earlier, a TikTok versus Instagram versus blog, email, whatever. I think that's the formula. Know if it's doing well is a, a good segue to the, the second point that I wanted to make here. This sound, 20 seconds of the course, let's call it, had over 10 million views just on his TikTok page alone, right? I, I can't tell you off of the, the 6,000 other times it was used what those views are, but let's say 10 million is just the baseline. On YouTube though, the, the actual music video only has about 100,000 plays. If we as a team were only looking at success on the YouTube metric and not also factoring in the TikTok metric, is this release a success? I don't know. So Matt, I think that's an interesting point. And that's something that we talk to our clients day in and day out about is what is the ROI of our initiative? What are we trying to achieve by these social posts, by this email campaign, by this direct mail campaign? What are we trying to achieve? Is it likes on Facebook? No. Maybe it's applications, it's actual job orders, it's contact form submissions. I don't care about the likes, right? So we need to, as marketers, educate and understand, and, and you as business owners need to educate and understand, what am I trying to do with everything that I'm trying to accomplish? And what is the number that I'm going to look at to dictate success? Because Matt, I think that's important. Again, if we look at TikTok, the 10 million views, that to me is a massive success. Launching a new music video though, getting 100,000 views, I don't know if that was the sole metric I was looking at, if I would deem that successful, but I know just off of looking at all the other data that's surrounding this guy right now, I know that he's, I actually, I, I texted my dad the other day and I said, get on this song before other people do and remember that you heard it from me because I know it's going to blow up. Heard it here first. Man, I got one more thing, one more point. And you kind of mentioned the, the fact of, you know, you might publish 50 articles this year. You're going to swing and miss at a couple. Matt, actually, let me let me throw this at you. You know, you think about batting batting averages. Best batter in the league, what, 300? So seven times you get up to the plate, you're not going to get on base. But that's success, right? And we need to kind of look at that, right? So, so we not at, you know what I mean? We need to not be afraid to, to press publish. And the reason I say that is when you think about the example here 
of Warren Ziders putting out 15 videos through TikTok, all using the same sound. The number one video had 1.4 million views. Matt, the lowest, had 172,000. So again, still a massive number by our, you know, our scope of things, but there's a huge disparity there. Now, we still can't be afraid to press publish because we don't know what the audience is going to love. Now, we can look at research, we can look at data, we can factor in some things, but at the end of the day, we don't know what's going to get the most success. We need to consistently look at, look at that data, look at our success metrics, and make decisions based off of it. So Matt, I'm going to try to get us out of here. When we look at a lesson from TikTok and country music, first off, if you haven't heard Pretty Little Poison by Warren Ziders yet, you heard it here first. Go check it out. I'm a big fan. I think the guy's going to be huge. You heard it here first on Insights. But the lesson for you, your staffing firm, your business, what are you doing to repurpose that content that stands out? If you see that people are reading your blogs, that people are reading and consuming your content, that they're interacting with it on LinkedIn, that people love the things that you're doing, what are you doing to double down on that? What are you doing to take those number one hits and leverage them in more ways than one? Because clicking publish isn't the end of the, 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 the process, right? Clicking publish gives you the opportunity to say, okay, what sticks, what lands here, and what can you then pull out? Matt, just another example, man, because I'm on a wave right now. I do that all the time in my talks, right? And you've seen the Rockstar Marketing talk. And if you've, you're listening and you've seen me or you've heard the Rockstar Marketing presentation that I've delivered before, Matt, there's probably 20 to 25 different topics within that talk that I can pull from on a given day. Some though have never hit well for an audience. So I pull them out. Others, if I'm not feeling that topic in the morning or I don't know what story I want to use, I pull it out. We need to have the courage to say, listen, some things are going to land and some things aren't. And we need to make sure that we lean into the things that do. Matt, let's talk about sell sheets. Matt, I, I got to be honest with you, buddy. Every call I'm on in the last probably month and a half, I have talked about sell sheets. I've talked about one sheets. Whenever a client is talking about ways to grow their business and they're, they're looking at ways to um, attract new clients, it sounds a little silly, Matt, but going back to the foundation of a strong sell sheet continues to be on the top of my mind. And the reason it is, Matt, is because in every single conversation, I say something like, well, Matt, what would make your job easier? I assume you can sell, right? I assume you can close, but you're not closing at 100%. So what would make that job easier? And then sort of get this like run of just stuff, right? Of just like, oh, well, I wish we could do this. I wish we did this. I wish we did this. Great. Why don't we turn all those into little one sheets? Next time you meet with a prospect and you're met with that resistance, you can pull that out of your toolbox and you're good to go. Matt, it, it seems uh, a little silly that we're going back to printouts, but I can't get enough of them lately. What do you think? Yeah, that was my take. Great. And you told me before the show, friends of the program, I, I, I messed. No. Oh, that was your take separately. Like, why are we going back to sell sheets? That was my take. I was trying to figure out like- Why not, We're man? going back. I don't know. What? So so here's here's my thought, right? And I know of multiple organizations that are using them well right now because I've coached them through it. If you're meeting face-to-face -face with somebody, you're meeting face-to-face -face with a prospect. I believe fundamentally that you need some sort of leave behind. Otherwise, you're getting forgotten about. And, and here's why, right? So I've said on the show before a, a few times that I used to play music in dusty bars throughout Buffalo. And if you're not thinking about me, you're thinking about anybody else that you've seen at a, a bar play guitar. 
if during your set, somebody doesn't take a CD, they don't take a card, they don't take a picture of your backdrop, you are forgotten about as soon as they get in your car. They don't know who you are. You are the dude in the corner playing guitar, but they don't remember your name, especially if you have a difficult name to say or spell, you're forgotten about. If you can get them to leave with something though, now they remember you. And Matt, I'm afraid that in staffing and recruiting, individuals are going out, we're cold prospecting, we're cold calling in person, we're showing up unannounced, we're trying to get a meeting. And if we're met with resistance, we don't have any sort of thing to say, hey, here's who I am and here's what we do. And more importantly, here's how I can help you. That's why I think we need sell sheets. That's fair. I, I didn't think of it from from the leave behind term was good. I, re- I really like that. When when you go in the door, like yeah, you want them to have something worthwhile. So that's why I was trying to figure out what that what that worthwhile is, and we could argue that for whatever is it a sell sheet? Is it whatever? But that's interesting. Sure. One sheet, sell yeah. sheet, whatever. Maybe sell sheet was the wrong word, but just a, a one literally yeah, I know a what one you mean. sheet. Um, I was talking about like yeah. Trotsky donuts. Like they're gonna create what you want. The donuts are gone sure. anyway, but. Um, well, it's interesting because you, you, it, it's a nice way to keep yourself top of mind. It's a way to alternate way to do the direct mail that we see have a lot of success because it does. If you have a really good sure. list, that's a leave behind. You have a really good package yep. that stands out. So yep. what can you do during that meeting to leave the impression? So when you are, they're ready for your company you're there. And I think that's that's where you're going with this. Exactly right. And and it's not even just in person, but what if you had a PDF or, you know, a page on your site that was just devoted to the this type of content where again, when you're met with resistance, oh well, we can't work with a staffing firm or we already work with a partner or we do our hiring internally or, you know, we've been burned by a staffing firm before so we don't work with them. When you hear this repeated resistance time after time after time, you put together your angle on this and why, oh, I understand you can't work with staffing firms, but maybe here's why you should consider us or here's here's our take on this, right? So when you're met again with that resistance, you can grab something out of your toolbox, your briefcase and, and have a very personalized approach to it. What I'm what I'm afraid we're seeing is that we have these one sheets or sell sheets that are just generic, hey, we do staffing, here's what we do. And that does nothing for me. What does though, and I've, I'm using the phrase resistance quite a bit, and I'm, I apologize for that, but I think it makes sense, is it's when there's friction or resistance in the sales process, you have some sort of collateral that addresses it to make it so much easier to continue the conversation with you. Can I make your sell sheet interactive? Sure. I'd love that. Interactive and, and maybe, PDF, maybe has links, sure. maybe has a click to a testimonial, Anything that can be really, really good. And this goes back to segment one of it's not just a principle, here's your content, right? Here's the here's the one sheet I'm talking about. But we realize it's good, so maybe we turn it into an email signature, a nice graphic that drives people to a pain point, that drives people to a landing page, that drives people to an interactive PDF, but that can also be printed out. So when you're going on sales calls, you have collateral. You have something more than just an old business card that has the wrong title on it at this point. Yes, we can absolutely make it whatever you want to be. Matt, we can make it individualized um, audio clips or individualized video clips. The, the, the point, though, is that I don't think sell sheets, one sheets, that whole print collateral is going the way of the dodo bird. I think it's quite the opposite. I think in a world where we're moving very fast, 
if we have a way to make that resistance that we get from prospects more manageable, this to me feels like the easiest way to go about it. And we're not talking about this from a marketing sense of driving new prospects or driving new business or going out and attracting this big whole audience. The the, the purpose of the segment is you're already having those conversations. How do we make the conversation just advance to the next step? How do we position you in the right way so that you have that lead behind that people can remember and more importantly, take action on? Matt, let's talk recruitment marketing. And you want to talk about pacing your budget throughout the month. You had some really great data that you said. First off, before we get to any data, talk to us about pacing the budget in general and what that might mean. So we we worked on this with a client by pacing the budget. I mean, most companies use monthly weekly budgets. A lot of companies, right? You have a monthly budget for whatever. And with this case, it's your your budget on the job board. So January 1st comes, February 1st, whatever the start of the month is, you have you input 100% of your budget into the job boards or you tell them what your budget is. It gets really excited because you gave them a lot of money and it, it'll pace it out throughout the month. But a lot of times that pacing is a little accelerated. It won't evenly pace it out over the 30.4 average days we have in a month in a calendar year. It'll, it'll accelerate it so your budget gets spent a little faster than you want, right? It's not pacing it evenly for the 30 days. It might do in the first 10 days of the month, which is a third, it might do 40, 50%. Then we got a problem. So that's what we mean by pacing. We want it to evenly distribute throughout the month, hopefully to have a consistent applicant flow. Love that. For this client, worked in the education space, we noticed at the end of 2022, um, from August through December, the cost of an application in the first week of the month was 67.4% higher than a cost of an application in the fourth week of a month. 64% higher the first week compared to the last week? 67. Wow. Yeah. So why? Why did that happen? Let's think about this. One, fresh budget. Algorithms get excited. Doesn't really know how to pace it. Two, everybody has fresh budget at the end of the month, beginning of the month. So you're competing against everybody that has a big budget. So your cost per click is just going to naturally go up because amount of job seekers isn't going to change throughout the month. We learned that in our episode with Alicia Little from AppCast and the Benchmark Report, the behavior of candidates is very consistent day one through day 30 in the month. So we're competing with everyone with a fresh budget at the start of the month. And in the beginning of January, worked with this client. I saw the trend and we decided to pace the budget. What do I mean by that? Beginning of the month, we only input about 60, 65% of the budget into the platforms. And then every week or so, we added in that additional 10% until we got 100. And it worked. Didn't know if it was going to work. Gave it a try. Had no idea. Um, The results, so in January, the new strategy gave us 72% more applications overall on the month, and we actually spent 16% less. Sign me up. We're just trying to beat the algorithm, Brad. That's everything in life, whether it was video games when I was in college or now with job spend. It's... You just got to be a little bit smarter than the computer with with chat GPT. It doesn't seem like that's going to be very long, but <laughs> I I have spent time on chat GPT in mid journey and all of that. I have spent hours looking so, at that the last like month or so, but continue. That's what we're just trying to do is we're trying to be a little bit smarter than the algorithm and our competition. And I think trying something new was was fun. And a good idea, not just fun. It was a good idea because that's what good marketing is. It's also knowing that data from from AppCast, and it you can see it too. 
the day of the month doesn't matter when someone's applying. The day of the week might, right? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday versus Friday, Saturday. But putting that together and just making data-driven decisions, we lowered the cost for application by more than 70%. And the client was super excited. My brain is sitting here thinking, should we just not put any spend behind our jobs in week one to get a better bang for our buck in weeks two to four? But if we do that, I still need applications in week one. So it's a mindset change. It's okay. Do we source a little bit more then? Do we, do we have to have to rely on active candidate flow? It's, you just have to figure that out and determine it. Cause you also still have to pace it um, and just kind of look at your data and, and do what's best for your industry and your market. Um, that's, that's where you have to just make the best decisions and, and trial and error. And we knew we'd get applications. We didn't know if we would shoot ourselves in the foot a little bit too much. And luckily we didn't. Um, and it gave us a good applicant flow. You know, Matt, I obsess over data just as much as you do. The The thought of saving money while getting more applications seems like it shouldn't be true. Like when we, when, and I'm trying to articulate this the right way, but I feel like throughout the industry, we're told, well, oh, if you want more applications, you got to spend more. But this is sort of saying, listen, if we're spending smarter and not just necessarily more, we could yield a better return on our investment. And it's it's not necessarily just throwing more at, you know, more bags of money somewhere, but it's actually getting strategic with the money that we are throwing. It, the jobs to budget ratio is huge. Knowing how many jobs should be in your budget. Like if you have a thousand dollar budget, should it be 10 jobs? Should it be a hundred jobs? Should it be a 50 jobs? Because sometimes... If you do reduce that budget by too much, you're going to get no applications, very low, or you're going to overspend. Like it just can't stop. Like it's trying to, but it's just going to spend because if you only give yourself a $500 budget for a thousand jobs, it, it's, it can't slow itself down enough. So that's where you have to figure out that right balance between your jobs and your budget and and all those factors that come together to to make sure you make the best decision to get your results. So what do we do? I'm a staffing firm in Buffalo, New York. I don't know my actual cost per click. I don't know my cost per application. Matt, where do I get started? Well, you can look at your data, one, um, download it. Obviously, I can't, cha- I can't change anything if I don't know the data, right? right. Go into Indeed, download your Indeed performance report, get your ZipRecruiter performance report, whatever it's called, whatever job board you're on. Um, start to look at some data. You know, try to understand if you don't know your cost replication, or if you do, do a little market research as well. Ask some people you trust. So hopefully you have some colleagues you can trust. Um, doesn't have to just be in your market, maybe a similar market, probably a same industry would be a good idea. Same job board, same application format is a really good idea to compare. So if you're a manufacturing company in Northeast Ohio with Indeed Quick Apply, find another company you can trust with the, the same Indeed Quick Apply, the same industry, and maybe a different geography. Um, and start to understand that. And then just try to make the best data-driven decisions and, and really stay on top of it. it. It's a moving target. Like March has been a little more costly than I'd say February and January. January was really nice. December was really nice. But then it started to um, become a little more expensive for cost per application. And I've thrown a lot out here. And if you don't have time for that, you know, Haley Marketing can help. Like with a lot of our marketing, recruitment marketing services, digital marketing, content marketing, et cetera. And we do a quick analysis of a lot of our sales prospects data to say, okay, you're doing well. 
you're doing awesome. You really don't need us. You're doing great. Here's a couple things or you got a red alarm fire here. We need to, we need to change. And we see data and I've given that response across the board in those three pretty much different options. So friends, if you have any questions, you can always shoot Matt a note on LinkedIn. You can reach out to Matt Lozar on LinkedIn, or you can shoot an email to info at HaleyMarketing.com. I know Matt and his team and our team of marketing educators are more than willing to help out and take a look at what's working or how you might be able to improve some of that job ad spend across platforms. That's our show. And thank you for listening to another episode of Insights. If you found this episode valuable, we would love to know. You can message Matt or Brad on LinkedIn to share your thoughts. Have a question for us? You can tweet us at Haley Marketing and let us know what you're thinking or email info at HaleyMarketing.com. And of course, if you need a hand with your marketing or recruitment marketing initiatives, we would love to help. You can check out HaleyMarketing.com to get in touch with our team of marketing educators. My podcast partner, Matt Lozar, this is Brad Biley. We'll see you next time.